Yeah, hi Peter, Sid Greaves, welcome back to the Stephen Shields radio show. Lots happened with our Liberal government, Gladys Berejiklian has uh, resigned, Dominic Perrottet took over. Uh, how do you feel about Gladys and we just had a council election on the weekend? Yeah, look, starting with how I feel about Gladys, look, it's certainly uh, uh, upsetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a, a, a good big fan of Gladys, as was a lot of people that I know down here in the Camden electorate. And um, but you know what? As a government, you got to uh, you got to move on. And uh, we have a new premier now, um, Dominic Perrottet, mm-hmm. um, and we're just getting back to you know. What's important, and that is uh, the people of our own communities. Yeah, because um, he used to be the member for Epping as well, and uh, yes, yes. also too, there's an Omicron variant of COVID that came from South Africa as well. Now I'm hoping that we're not going to be in another lockdown again. That's my fear. Oh look, no, certainly um, nobody wants another lockdown, mm. and, and that's the same with the government. Um, yeah, so this is a, it's a, it's very concerning at the moment. So I think it's only limited to a handful of sites, mm-hmm. um, and I know that. Um, and then those people are, are isolating, which is which is good. Uh, but yeah, it certainly um, brings an element of uh, fear back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look, I can just tell you at this point in time, you know, our government is determined to stay on track for what we've committed to the public. And um, although that um, might turn around, that would be certainly our last option. So. Obviously, protecting people um, and their families is probably the most important thing that we can be doing. Um, but I am not aware at this point in time of any intention to, you know, to change course from our roadmap to recovery. Yeah, it's um, it's been new. Uh, new South Wales has been hit very hard this year economically, financially as well. Uh, you know, a lot of confusion in the media. But, Dominic Perrottet seems to be more focused on families by the sounds of it. Let's see how all he goes in um, six months to a year's time, maybe. Yeah, no, that's right. And certainly, uh, like any uh, Premier, um, you know, he'll be judged, uh, you know, over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that I think he's made an outstanding uh, beginning, has had an outstanding beginning. Um, and certainly, uh, he'll... He'll be in a tough situation if anything goes on further Omicron. But uh, as I say, even as a government, we're uh, we're just focused on our roadmap to recovery and mm. um, really focusing on rebounding the economy like we did after COVID in 2020. Mm. Uh, and there are early signs to suggest that we're actually doing exactly that. Um, you know, and look, my yardstick um, during this year's lockdown was always you know, that as long as we can spend Christmas with our families and friends, mm. um, that was that was my uh, stick, and certainly it appears at this point in time that that will be the case, and look, that's great news. And, you know, the last thing we want is a um, is for a really um, disappointing 2022 after uh, a couple of years that we've had. Mm. So my, my uh, focus at the moment is to stay positive um, and, uh, look, um, just... You know, sticking to the roadmap and uh, really, um, ultimately, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Omicron. And, uh, more importantly, I'm aware that the federal government, um, their agencies are looking at how effective the vaccines that we've all had, mm. how effective they will be against um, Omicron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we'll wait to hear that uh, information as well. So I remember I did see the Pfizer um, CEO, um, at least the Australian CEO, um, talking about that they really felt that, um, that their vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, would be able to uh, 
tackle Omicron. So if that's the case, given uh, certainly across New South Wales, but in particular over Camden, um, we have extremely high rates of vaccination, uh, it should be um, what will keep us safe and keep us out of another lockdown. Yeah, because I had AstraZeneca. I think I've got to get a booster shot next year, Peter. Um, yeah, so, well, booster shots at this point in time anyway are all Pfizer. So, um, hmm. yeah, so... Uh, yeah, all right, as I say, I'm not certain about uh, ultimately what we'll find out. I guess over the next couple of weeks from the testing of that um, therapeutic goods situation, uh, sorry, therapeutic goods association and uh, a target you're doing. Mm. Um, and fingers crossed that that is um, positive, that the vaccinations that we've already had will take care of us. And if that's the case, then Australia, um, South Island, and uh, we'll be certainly in a good position. Uh, to, for 2022. How long does a booster shot last for, usually? Oh, it, it varies. It varies per, uh, per vaccine. Yeah. Uh, depending on where you get uh, As I say, when all booster shots, to my understanding, are all follows in our but uh, So my understanding, Pfizer, is about four to, four to eight months. Yeah. Um, efficacy. So if that's the case, uh, look, I think that um, there'll be no question that there'll be a, uh, to be fully vaccinated at some point in time, you know, maybe towards the beginning of uh, winter next year, yeah. people will be required to have another uh, um, a booster shot. So I know that I've had my booster already and um, and others are, you know, lining up now to have theirs, which is, uh, I think is probably uh, really important um, given the uncertainty of this Omicron and, uh, and, you know, how contagious it is and uh, what will be impacts on health from it. But, uh, mm. yeah, so as I say, keeping positive, um, you know, encouraging those who want to get the best shots to, to go ahead and do that. Um, and hopefully, as I say, that'll keep us out of any future lockdowns. Yeah, like there's a lot of conspiracy theories about how this started in Wuhan. Could it have been started in a laboratory or someone let this virus out? I know Donald Trump commented about that, that um, coronavirus goes back to SARS. It's another form of SARS no, as well. No, it does, it does. So, um, you know, coronavirus ultimately is the uh, is you know it, it's classified as the same as a cold. Um, it go, does go back to SARS. Mm. Um, so you know, I think this is not as if we don't have any knowledge about some uh, you know these variants at this point in time, and we will wait and hear what um, that uh, you know what those experts are saying. Um, but you know, uh, international travel, uh, that'll be the target of one. That's typically where these things kind of enter our country from. Mm. Um, and so ultimately, uh, we've got to do what we can to keep people safe and to keep that any mm. new uh, variant of the virus coming in um, and to make sure that, um, that you know, we know how to deal with any new variant of the, of the virus. Yeah, because uh, Joe Biden's stopping all travel f- to and from South Africa and the United States as well. Um, yep. The thing is, like, are, are our international borders shut still, or are they still letting people in? Uh, look, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I, look, I couldn't give you a hundred percent updated answer on that. Um, that's a federal matter, oh, but um, yeah. I, I would imagine that uh, certainly for a period of time they may be suspended. Mm. Um, I think that is, is what the case is. Uh, and I would just have to confirm, which I don't know, would be whether or not returning citizens of Australia would be still be allowed to enter. Mm. Now, I, I suspect that's going still going ahead. Because, you know, to leave the country, you got to pay for the COVID test out of your pocket. 
It's expensive. Uh, yeah, certainly when, when you enter other countries, that's true. That's expensive, Peter. No, no, I know that. So mm. ultimately that's up to the choice of the traveller, mm. uh, whether they wish to do that or not. So um, and I know that people, you know, that, uh, that have family over in different countries over the world and they're prepared to do that just to see their family, which they potentially haven't had the chance to do for two years. Mm. Yeah, it's quite scary, all this uh, COVID stuff. I wonder how long this will go for. You know. Oh, who, who knows? And um, but you know, I did read something on uh, one of the papers over the weekend that suggests that um, you know that will you know require COVID uh, boosters, you know, at least for the next five years. Mm. Um, but in many ways, you know, so I suspect that uh, it'll be like the uh, the the flu vaccine, the common flu vaccine that mm. we get every year. Um, in some way, that that'll be the same. And you know, there's no telling how long that will go on for, but. You know, and I know there's work being done as to see whether or not those cold and flu vaccines can actually be um, um, joint um, done in a single dose with the COVID vaccines. Mm. I don't know how successful that has been, but that would just suggest that it would just make things even easier if people are, um, which many Australians do, um, go and get that cold and flu vaccine every year. Mm. Yeah, because COVID-19 spreads so quick. Um and um, it spreads in the air too. We had the Delta variant, which was affecting young people. Um, yeah. Now this coming from South Africa, but who knows? Could there be more variants in the future? We don't uh, know. I, I would expect there will be, um, but but this is where uh, it doesn't mean that every variant we get is actually uh, uh, you know more contagious, uh, you know more up, uh, you know um, to lead to more serious health problems. Mm. Um, but so yeah, Omicron be interesting to see what the uh, what that'll be like. But you know there are you know there are I know there have been variants that uh, you know they're named variants, but uh, they never really reach Australia or they're never that significant compared to, mm. for example, the Delta and potentially Omicron. Mm. Also, too, Joe Biden pulled uh, all uh, American troops out from uh, Afghanistan, and Australian troops yes. are pulled out too. Um, this war was going on, I think, before I was even born. Uh, yeah, no, that would be right. So, um, I, I remember, um, certainly, um, they, when they began in Kuwait, and that was in the early 90s from memory, so, mm. um, yeah, and look, um, uh, it's just a region that's, uh, very unstable, and, um, mm. yeah, and, uh, also now, um, yeah, certainly the United States and Australia, um, and they've decided to pull their troops. And uh, I know there was a, a big effort to try and remove a lot of those uh, those locals that didn't want to um, stay there mm. um, under the Taliban control. And but uh, unfortunately, time ran out, uh, and that time's dictated by them, not by by us or the United States. Yeah, jo- John Howe. This was going back to when John Howe was uh, our prime minister too. Yeah, well. that, no, that, that's exactly right. So, um, and, and certainly, um, uh, when when they invaded Iraq, mm. um, that was I, I think you'll find that at the time when um, all, all the uh, the bombings of the uh, trade center and so forth. I think John Howard might have even been in the United States at that one time. Mm. So he was supporting the war. He said, "Oh, uh, uh, Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. They couldn't find anything." Um, I don't know why uh, he was supporting it, to be honest. Uh, look, he, 
you know, it all depends, and none of us are privileged to, um, you know, what evidence that potentially the United States or any other ally had. Mm. Um, but ultimately, you're right. I mean, they, they didn't find any weapons of mass destruction. Um, but, but yeah, as I say, it's a very unstable region, uh, mm. region and uh, look, I wouldn't be able to tell you whether that was justified or not. But um, mm. you know, certainly my view on these things uh, that, uh, you know, when we're living in privileged countries like, like Australia, mm. um, we should really be helping uh, those yeah, and also too, you know, a, a change of premier too as well. Hopefully, Dominic Perrottet can um, change as well. But uh, if you're a Premier, like we had Mike Baird, Barry O'Farrell didn't uh, declare a bottle of wine as well. He was supposed to. Um, and Bar- uh, not, and Mike, we had Mike Baird. What happened? Did he resign and then Gladys took over? No, yeah, he resigned. So, um, and he resigned from memory. I think he resigned um, over the Christmas break. Mm. So... Um, yeah, that was sudden, but I certainly don't know the, uh, the reasons behind that. But then, yeah, and then there's been, I uh, said, Gladys took over and, uh, and then, uh, she, by her choice, decided to stand down, not only from, uh, her role as a premier, but from, um, government, um, altogether, mm. uh, so that she could, one, focus on, on, um, the fine, or the, uh, the investigation that ICAC are currently, uh, taking. Yeah. Um, and without any distraction from what the New South Wales government is doing. Because this goes back, it was Eddie O.B., they wanted to, um, I think they were going to build a conservatorium of music in Goulburn or something, and uh, they tap, tap, uh, tapped his phone, and listening to ICAC can tap your phone if you're under investigation. Um, uh, look, I heard him uh, talk about Eddie O.B., and um, um, what I'm certainly aware of, that he was found guilty, and I, uh, in a court of law, mm. um, on other charges, but... Um, I, yeah, this goes back to a, a, um, a relationship that she had with Daryl Maguire, who was the uh, member for Wagga Wagga. Yeah. Yeah. Does uh, being a um, liberal candidate, Peter, does that make the party look bad when someone higher up's doing um, uh, corruptible things? Well, that's said to be found, uh, Stephen. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, and one of the concerns I have uh, is that how long it takes to. Um, and how public the whole process is. Um, look, I'm certainly, as a, as a member of Parliament, I'm very happy to be held to account. Mm. Um, but um, many of these times, that's, um, um, when they publicly name who they're investigating, mm. um, there's many of these cases where they found to have no case to answer for. Mm. Um, so ultimately, as I say, I, I, I think there's absolutely need for uh, an independent watchdog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that... Um, yeah, until people are found to have a case to answer for, um, I won't be commenting one way or the other. But um, my, uh, what I do know is that, um, that Gladys was a, uh, a very genuine person, mm-hmm. uh, certainly uh, uh, a very honest and compassionate person. Um, and, uh, yeah, certainly I'll be waiting to see what those findings are. But And, and hopefully, um, not only for Gladys, but for um, the integrity of mm-hmm. um, members of Parliament, that, that, that's found that she's had no case to answer for.
It's not just the Liberal, it's the Labor government. Kevin Rudd was called to the Royal Commission a few years ago over corruptible things. He was Prime Minister of Australia. Yeah, no, no, it's, not, it's certainly not um, all Liberal and certainly not all Labor, but it's certainly a combination of, of, of those. So, uh, yeah, as I say, um, nobody that I know of is actually suggesting for a minute that we shouldn't have an independent watchdog. Mm. Um, my feelings are that, um, you know, there's no reason why a lot of what they do couldn't be done mm. um, out of the public, mm. um, including their investigations, including their, uh, um, their calling witnesses, uh, until, in my view, no one should be known um, until there's a finding against them. Yeah, there has to be evidence in a court of law, Peter, to prove you're guilty. Yeah, and that's the issue. Okay, he's in a court of law. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm certainly not here to criticise them, but what I would say is that... Um, yeah, you're innocent, in my view, and so you're proven guilty. Because mm. ICAC, you can be under investigation from ICAC if they suspect you're doing something wrong, too. Yes. You know, or if they have a report of uh, corrupt conduct from any other yeah. um, body or any other member of parliament, then yes, they can investigate. What's the difference between ICAC and the um, federal police? To be honest with you, because um, in state policies we don't have uh, any dealings with the federal bodies. Um, but if you're talking about a very topical matter at the moment with regards to a federal uh, um, ICAC, yeah. um, I, I, my personal view is, is that um, independent watchdog, um, you know, I would always be supportive of that for any level of government. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I say, I think there's some processes that I personally would like to see change. Mm. Also, too, Australia was um, very slow to close our borders in 2020 as well, Peter. Um, I, I reckon this pandemic could have been contained quicker if we had, uh, a, yeah. had a gone into it. Because Wuhan, China, they went into, what, an 80-day full lockdown. We were supposed to have a full lockdown in New South Wales, but we clearly didn't. Do a full lockdown well, like well, Melbourne. The first, uh, from memory, I'm just going off memory state, but the first recorded case of um, COVID, mm. um, which was a traveller from Wuhan, yeah. was, um, I'm trying to think now, but I think uh, roughly around Australia Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and it, wasn't, it wasn't until uh, March that we went into a lockdown. But, uh, but ultimately, in terms of closing, uh, closing um, International borders, um, and in terms of you know declaring essentially a uh, a pandemic, mm. uh, and then then as for federal government, mm. uh, and look, what I what I honestly hope has happened, given the experience we've had over twenty twenty and the experience we've now had over twenty twenty one, is that um, you know if you're working on any project and you do a post project uh, review, um, and the idea of that is that you, you take out um, lessons that have been learned. Uh, and then you implement those into um, your plans. For example, in the case that we had a uh, um, Omicron proves to be, uh, you know, very contagious, um, very uh, infectious and, and you know, starts taking more lives, mm. then you'd hope that the lessons that we've learned over 2020 and 2021 um, would be implemented so that we deal with these things a lot quicker. Yeah, you look at the United States, Peter, like um, they don't, they never took COVID seriously. Like, for them, they didn't no, care. Right. Yep. Um, you know, they give them the Johnson & Johnson so they can go watch the Super Bowl and all that. Um, yep. 
I don't know. Why don't some countries take this stuff seriously like we do in Australia, New Zealand, you know? Oh, look, I, I, I probably couldn't answer that. But, um, mm. you know, I mean, what we've been privileged in the past is that, for example, um, you know, talk about Ebola and other types mm. of these, um, you know, epidemics, um, you know, as an island nation, we were actually uh, kept free from some of those. Mm. Um, that's not to say that um, Australia's been, um, you know, ignorant to what the potential was, um, but I, I really couldn't tell you why other countries, for example, um, certainly their populations are a lot larger. Mm. Um, but, you know, I know in the early days, Singapore was one of the, uh, the nations that we looked to as, as, a, uh, as a country and a state uh, as to how they were managing it. Mm. Um, and then they went back into a, um, a spike. Mm. So, you know, look, we, yes, there's lessons to be learned from what's happening overseas, particularly during their winter, mm. uh, while we're in summer and, uh, and, you know, setting an expectation amongst, you know, doctors at least, uh, you know, and nurses and health professionals that this is what could happen. How are we, gonna, how are we going to deal with it if it comes to Australia? But, um, yeah, look, I, I just say that, um, I think Australia's response has been uh, good and New South Wales' response has been, uh, in my view, very good as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just have to rely on our health professionals, not all subject matter experts, um, but certainly our health professionals are. Exactly. You know, Australia is a lucky country too, as well as New Zealand as well. But, uh, yeah, apparently, did Scott Morrison go to Scotland or something like that? Um talking about this year. Yeah. Uh, well, I think he went to, I can't remember, but he's talking about when he went for the climate change summit. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't say exactly. I think that might have been Glasgow. I'm not 100% sure, though. That's, um, yeah, but uh, anyway, yes, he did. Mm-hmm. That was sort of climate change summit, yes. I want to ask about climate change because Bill Clinton, um, who else? Al Gore was always going on about climate change. Is climate change real? In your view? Um, I would say my personal view is yes, I do believe it's real. Um, you know, I think people like Al Gore, for, for example, um, didn't do um, a lot of good for those that were sceptical, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, that's hockey curve or J-curve that uh, he presented in um, in the, the movie, The Inconvenient Truth, mm. um, which has proven to be um, false so many times. Uh, I think people from that point became sceptical, if you know, even have a, uh, a you know, previous vice president of the United States mm. uh, promoting untruths. Mm. Um, people came very unsceptical. But my personal view is, yes, it's, it's very real. Um, and I think that's what the New South Wales government is doing. And I've seen their net zero uh, emissions strategy and, um, and, and other actions that we're taking, like we're requiring more national parks, mm. um, you know, uh, we, you know, the Minister of Planning, he also has a role now in public spaces, you know, just trying to uh, green up our communities again. Mm. Uh, there are simple things that we can do. It's not just about reducing emissions. I think we're certainly on the right track. And, um, you know, um, I, I opened uh, a car park in Leppington, a multi-storey car park yeah. in Leppington the other day. And um, what I was really pleased to see is uh, when we went up to the roof, I had 1,300 solar panels on Mm. Um, which uh, not provided more power um, that was needed to power the whole station, mm. um, uh, and you know, and uh, which meant that was feeding um, energy back into the grid. 
but also had tech, um, EV, electrical vehicle um, charging stations with capacity to go to 100. So these are things that I think that um, are smart things to do, and it's becoming uh, more cost, uh, I wouldn't say cost effective, but the difference between what it used to cost and what it costs now, um, that, that gap is certainly narrowing. Um, and, you know, and I think there's no, no doubt that that'll be, that's uh, an industry of the, you know, of the future, and that's kind of beginning as we speak when you look around the world. So, um, I, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, always, I know that a lot of people will say, you know, when we start talk about spending money, we're talking about, um, you know, uh, economic policies. Mm. You know, we've got to leave this place in a better place for our grandchildren. Mm. Well, why isn't that true um, with, with regards to uh, the climate change and environment? Mm. Yeah, it's an inter- it's a, it's um controversial topic, Peter. You know, because I've found Australia is getting hotter and hotter every year. Um, yeah, look, we had there was uh, bushfires in uh, Turkey this year. And you'd think you'd, yeah. you'd think how how is Europe getting bad bushfire season? You know, you don't normally hear about that as well. And twenty twenty was very bad as well. Well, yeah, there's no question that, um, you know, even um, um, the beginning of this year, uh, you know, and, and through 2020, uh, yeah, look, bad bushfires, but uh, by the same token, and this is not a in any way suggesting that um, these bushfires um, don't have a reason why, potentially why they're becoming um, uh, potentially more horrific, like we saw in 2020, 2021, mm. um, but... You know, bushfires have been around for a long time in Australia. Yeah. Um, and so, look, talking about other regions of the world, I certainly wouldn't be experienced uh, to talk about Europe. But, you know, what I do actually take note of uh, is when we're sending um, our volunteers from the RFS over to California. And, uh, mm. you know, that's been happening for a while now. And so, I do, you know, uh, I think there's certainly an element of climate change um, mm. with regards to, you know, um, the, the globe heating, mm. um, but as I say, in New South Wales, we're taking initiatives uh, to, as I say, not only towards net zero emissions, but also to uh, you know provide further green um, greening mm. to our environments. Like you know, you talk about the um, you know urban heat wave. Uh, mm. So I know in, in Camden, where we're the well, at least one of the fastest growing local government areas in Australia, um, you know, is that um, you know planning. You know, we are looking at uh, providing, you know, more public, um, connected public spaces. Mm. Uh, and the same way that we're looking at that during through the, you know, the Aerotropolis, we're in Sydney Aerotropolis. Uh, and even, you know, one view I'd like, you know, that I've got is from my own personal view that, um, you know, while we're talking about housing, diversity, and affordability, mm. I'd like to see if you're building a house, um, you know, enough, enough space in, in your front yard or backyard. Um, to at least plant a tree, not a shrub, but a tree. Yeah, you can't because all the houses in Oran Park and um, Mount Annan are built so close to each other. It's yeah, like... no, Mount Annan, uh, certainly, they're probably, because um, they were built a while ago, mm. um, that's the new. We're planting trees there, but in Oran Park, um, look, in most cases in Oran Park, I think they've got backyards that are big enough to plant a, uh, a tree in. But there are other areas, and I'm not going to name them. But you know, where I think that uh, there's, there's not enough, um, not enough space around a house mm. um, to actually plant a tree, and uh, so 
that's just my personal view. Others may have a different view. Mm. Um, but you know, any opportunity we have, I think, to um, you know, to be, um, you know, and this this is just a small issue, but be providing more greenery around urban urban areas, um, just to protect against that urban heat wave that's uh, mm. that you know many people are you know, are aware of. Yeah, and that's exactly right. Peter, I want to say thank you for coming back on the podcast today, this morning on Monday. It's, you know, we've had a lot of cloudy weather lately. Uh, what do you got planned for 2022 in Parliament over Christmas? What are you up to? Uh, so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be taking my family away in January as, I, as um, we normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, it's just about uh, getting some, some rest and uh, and rebooting for a, uh, another busy year in 2022. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah. awesome. And always great to have you on the show. And, um, it's yeah, always a pleasure. Anyone's listening, uh, yeah, could learn something from Peter. Say hello to Peter at Norellan Town Centre by the sounds of it too as yeah, well. Yeah, so uh, in May we uh, made a move. Uh, so we're now uh, at the Queen Street entrance uh, off, um, off um, from Norellan Town Centre, directly opposite Australia Post, so... Always happy to have a chat to anybody um, in the electorate and, uh, and see how we can help them best. And what what type of newspaper do you read, or what's your news media of choice? Uh, to be honest, I, I don't read one. I read multiple <laughs> sources. Yeah. Um, you know, I find if you read one of them, mm. um, you're always going to get some sway in, in a particular directions. So uh, my view is, if you read, you know, uh, two or three of them, mm. you get a more balanced view on what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah.